1: On Lincoln Live today, we take you into the Lincoln fire and rescue world of technical rescue, and that can range from rope rescue to vehicle extrication. We're going to stay with rope rescue skills today. That can include, let's say, rescuing a window washer from the side of a building or maybe a worker high up on a radio or TV tower. Ashley Engler is with me. She's the LFR Technical Rescue Coordinator and Battalion Chief Mark Majors. Also joins me for the conversation. He's Chief of Technical Rescue. Welcome, Ashley. Welcome, Mark.
0: Morning. Good morning, thank you. One, want
1: let listeners us. know if they'd like to get a visual of what we are talking about today, uh, you can go to LNKTV, the city's cable network, and search for Lincoln Fire and Rescue, a program we do every month. You'll see me dangling safely in a harness 30 feet or so up in the air during a training exercise backstage at the Leeds Center, which was, by the way, a perfect, perfect vaulted space for this type of training. I'm the person being rescued, and it was a thrill, Mark and Ashley, to be involved in your training. Ashley, I'm going to turn to you first. Focus on the words technical rescue because, from evaluation of a situation to setup to executing the rescue, there are devices, apparatus, responsibilities, skill sets that have to be followed in order to make it successful.
0: Uh, So technical rescue is basically a use of specialized tools, skills, equipment, abilities, um, and rope rescue is one of the disciplines for technical rescue.
1: Mark, I want to turn to you now. As lead technical rescue instructor, you teach technical rescue skills. What are some of the most challenging skill sets that you teach?
2: And we have several different skill sets, but the challenging ones are when you're looking at trench rescue, uh, vehicle extrication, and certainly the rope rescue that you participated in. Those are the most difficult ones kind of to teach uh, because of the danger that's involved. We consider these uh, in the USAR world, we call them live loads. And basically what that means is this is a real situation. When we're doing trench rescue class, we actually dig a trench and we have live dirt. This dirt will behave just like it would if it actually started to collapse out on a construction zone. Same way with the rope uh, the rope rescue class that we were teaching that you participated in. This is the real deal. Uh, we have no other way to teach this in an effective manner than to actually hang people off the side of something and then go down and perform our rescues. So anytime that we're doing that real time uh, live work, Uh, There is real danger involved in that. If we do something wrong or something fails, which is why we really are are careful to make sure we get several different backups in place, something can go wrong and and we gotta make sure that we're prepared to handle that and we have accounted for that. So
1: yeah, hanging over the side, even during a training class, that that was the real deal. Now, Ashley, back to you on the, the technical side of this. I observed that there was, there was no rush, and that wasn't just for training purposes. That would have been the case in a real live, let's just use the example of a window washer needing rescued from the side of a building. The public may observe that when LFR pulls up, there isn't a, a, a rush to, to get this individual off the side. Talk about the planning, the technical side of this, and what's necessary to make it successful.
0: So, Dale, I I want to emphasize that there's always going to be a form of like uh, urgency because clearly this is still a rescue. But the definition of rush in what we would see more in firefighting kind of running in, that's where technical rescue takes a step back because uh, we have to have so many uh, safeties in place before we can uh, perform the actual rescue, and that's the reason for that. Is is in in your example when you were hanging uh, about thirty feet in the air, if we didn't have those safety or those checks in place, that uh, the system could have failed, and so we have a rescue group supervisor that performs the checks and we have a safety officer that performs the checks on the system and that's any system that we are doing for rope rescue in um, whether it's high angle, low angle, any of that stuff. Uh, so there's an, ur- an urgency, but we have to slow it down to be able to perform that effectively and efficiently because somebody can get hurt. When you're hanging off a rope, that's it. Like there, there's nothing else. So if that system fails, you're you're, you know, going to fall and you can get hurt or even possibly killed. So we have to, if we're going to take that risk, we have to slow it down and take extra steps and to ensure the safety of the victim and the safety of the rescuer.
1: Mark, does height matter? I was about 30 feet off the ground, but a window washer is much higher than that. Someone on a water tower, for example, is much higher than that. So does height matter in terms of, the methods used or the process involved in rescue?
2: Our basic systems will always be our basic systems. If we're rescuing somebody from 20 feet off the ground, you're gonna have a very similar system if it's 120 feet off of the ground. The only difference that it really means is it takes a lot, a little bit more time, especially if you have to get uh, a, a bunch of identified equipment up to that height. That's the time difference, really. But the system itself, the harnesses, we don't use specialized rope harnesses or hardware of any kind that stipulates, we use this one at this height and this one at this height. So in in a sense, yeah, height doesn't matter other than when you're the rescuer and you're going over the side of something and you see the the height difference. Yeah, it's certainly, you, you have that sense of height difference
1: Give us more examples. Help it be more relatable to our listeners here. We've mentioned trench rescue. We mentioned rope rescue. I use the example of a window washer or someone on a water tower. Those are applicable uh, examples here. What else in the world of LFR would, would technical rescue come into play?
0: Uh, vehicle rescue is another one uh, we kind of we talked about that on LNK last year vehicle mm-hmm. rescue b- is basic foundations of firefighting skills but vehicle rescue when we start getting into um, bigger collapses in those vehicles uh, more difficult um, especially today with the the cars the makes and the models they're really they're a lot harder to cut into um, a lot harder to overcome uh, more complicated I would say complex, and uh, and the other thing about technical rescue that's interesting is you can have multiple disciplines in one. Uh, you could have a car in a creek and uh, upside down, so you have a potential for low angle rescue on that steep, or lower steep angle um, on going down into that creek. You could have a water rescue going on and a vehicle extrication to get those doors open. That's the I don't say beauty of, of technical rescue is it's it's very complex and multiple things. There's also confinement space rescue, uh, a lot of the businesses in, um, in the city of Lincoln are familiar with confined spaces because they have to pull a permit when they have those. We are their rescuer, so they are very familiar with knowing that if somebody was to get hurt in that hole when they're doing work, we would come get them uh, for that. And then I'd say one of the more advanced ones is going to be structural collapse rescue as well. Um, that's if we have a, a big building collapse or even a small partial part of a building, um, those are are other situations that we would experience here in the city of Lincoln, and we actually have.
1: I'm sitting here realizing anyone who is skilled in this needs to know math, needs to know mm-hmm. physics. Yes. <laughs> there, there's, yes. there's a, it's, it's more than just strength. If, if anything, it's less body strength and more devices and physics oh. and mathematics. True.
0: Oh, absolutely. If uh, you look at me, I'm five foot two. I'm uh, Mark is probably a little bit bigger than I am. and I definitely don't have the same amount of strength, per se, as Mark, uh, but I a lot of it's technique. It's definitely what you're saying with um, math and physics. One of my, I guess, examples, one of the more fun examples is when we were training our technical rescue technicians in lifting and moving, and they had a 5,000-pound like, piece of metal that they had to lift. They were just trying to muscle it and lift it and... Uh, Mark comes over there with a like a just a Johnson bar, twists it just a little bit, and says, "Hey, this is a class one lever. This is a class two lever." Walks over like with basically one like one hand and just whoop and lifts up a 5,500 pound uh, piece of metal. So it's. It's about technique, for sure. Uh, you don't have to be the strongest, um, but it's also about understanding physics, mass, um, and the systems. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely.
1: Mark, how rare is this for fire departments to have this level of uh, technical rescue and have it permeate through the department. You even teach it. You've been with USAR and the Nebraska Task Force One since 2000, Uh, a member for uh, that length of time, and you've taught it now. So how rare is this in fire departments around the country?
2: It's not as rare as you think it is, but to achieve the level that we are willing to go to here at Lincoln Fire, there are several departments across the country that that have achieved the, the level that we're we're striving for uh but it, but it, when you start where we started uh to improve where we wanted to improve and then to take it all the way through to what we envision and what we have set as our goal by the end of 2022 um I, I i believe we'll probably be one of those elite departments that has all of that because to to have all of those different levels of skills and put in all of the different hours that it takes to achieve all of those skills with the number of individuals we have That's just a testament of our crew members out there in the field uh, getting it done. Uh, This is something that we didn't necessarily say, here you go, this is what we're going to do. We're coming down with this new rule or whatever it is, and this is how we're gonna do business. This actually came from the field uh, to us, and and as as a chief that's in charge of it, it's one of those where I'm just here to facilitate and provide the training, but this came from the field this came from all of the men and women that are out there doing it every single day. They were like, we want this extra trading. We want that next level. And uh, Ashley is a coordinator, myself as the chief. We're here just to provide it. We're going to help them get to that level is what we're doing.
1: I want to know from both of you, because we we're running out of time here. So a quick answer. How do you know you're getting better? What, what's, your, what's your barometer, your
0: measuring stick for getting better? The, definitely the people in the field. The when they're performing the rescues and the feedback we're getting back from them, also the time that they're getting it done, and uh, going from, um, you know, kind of their confidence level of, I wasn't really sure about this till today, where they're able to do this very effectively. Sure, we've got a lot to improve on. We always do, anybody does. But that's absolutely where we can define that we are getting better at.
2: We're keeping track of things, we're starting to document a lot of data. Uh, on, on our car wrecks and some of our technical rescues. And the numbers will be the numbers when it's done. And just in its infancy, we've seen improvement.
1: Listeners, if you take nothing else away from this conversation here today, realize that LFR is a city department that is never satisfied. Uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, as a department, the men and women are always striving to lessen response times, to improve their skills, to increase diversity, to attract more women into the career of firefighting, to increase cardiac survival rates. Mark, thank you very much. Ashley, good to talk to you again. Thank nice you. Nice talking to you, Dale. And we want to refer everyone to LNK-TV. You can see the training exercise inside the LEAD Center from late last year. Thanks, everybody, for being here on Lincoln Live.